You are listening to Love, Maine Radio, hosted by Dr. Lisa Belisle and recorded at the studios of Maine Magazine in Portland. Dr. Lisa Belisle is a physician and editor-in-chief of Maine, Maine Home Design, Old Port, Ageless, and Moxie Magazines. Love, Maine Radio show summaries are available at lovemainradio.com, grownupgirl.com, where you can get personalized guidance and encouragement for growing a simple yet vibrant life through free advice, workshops, and mentoring programs with local experts. You deserve to shine. Go to grownupgirl.com now to learn about our available programs and classes designed just for you in the Portland area. Portland Art Gallery is proud to sponsor Love, Maine Radio. Portland Art Gallery is the city's largest and is located in the heart of the Old Port, 154 Middle Street. The gallery focuses on exhibiting the works of contemporary Maine artists and hosts a series of monthly solo shows in its newly expanded space, including Brenda Sirioni, Daniel Corey, Jill Hoy, and Dave Allen. For complete show details, please visit our website at artcollectormaine.com. Love, Maine Radio is also brought to you by Aristel, a lingerie boutique on Exchange Street in Portland's Old Port, where everybody is seen as a work of art and beauty is celebrated from the inside out. Shop with us in person or online at aristel.com. Emily Sherwood is the sales and marketing director at Mousem Valley Mushrooms, and Johnny Dickinson is a woodworker and owner of Winter Hill Design. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And you brought with you these really beautiful organic Italian oyster mushrooms. I mean, they're in this wonderful cardboard box and they're so pretty. I just want to, I want to take them out and start like, you know, cooking with them or at least just admiring them. Yeah. You guys have had a lot of time to admire the mushrooms. Absolutely. Um, Our Italian oysters have a chicken, almost like a chicken teriyaki flavor to them. Um, I'll cook them whenever we're doing shows or we're introducing them to a new chef or an institution. And uh, people will think that I've uh, done some sort of spectacular um, cooking thing with them, but really it's just simple salt, pepper, and saute in a pan for about 15 to 20 minutes. And really it's just the flavor of the mushroom coming out that kind of has that uh, umami sort of flavor to it. So that's very interesting that mushrooms don't all taste like mushrooms. They taste like different whatever they are, whether it's Italian oyster or whether it's Hen of the Woods or whether it's shiitake. Is this specific to their type of mushroom? Is it specific to where they're raised? Why do they all have different flavors? So mushrooms are uh, a really neat protein in the sense that they are able to absorb whatever sort of flavors and oils that you cook them in. Uh, They have their tissue structure is um, similar like a sponge, so it'll just soak up all those flavors in the pan. But then they also do have their own individual tastes as well. And that really does come from the substrate that they're grown in. So uh, it's important to us at Mouse and Valley Mushrooms to ensure that we're growing them on hardwoods as well as uh, using cottonseed hulls and other agricultural byproducts. Um, so they're, they taste as natural and um, organic as possible. Um, and it's, it really shows and reflects in the, not in only the way they look, but in the way they taste as well. So why, why mushrooms of all things? Um, Well, I'd have to start uh, back to the beginning, about seven years ago at this point. Um, 
in my brother Robert's backyard uh, in Sanford, Maine. We were starting a permaculture garden. Um, he was suffering from stomach issues at the time and doctors weren't really sure as to what it was exactly. Um, so rather than going the um, pharmaceutical route, uh, he decided to begin growing his own food, um, primarily um, you know, meats like uh, poultry and, and rabbits, as well as vegetables and fruits. Um, and at the basis of this permaculture garden was the mushroom, the mycelium root. Um, it helped turn that sandy Sanford soil into this rich loam that allowed us to create such a garden. Um, and so not only was it uh, supplying us with good soil to grow the other varieties of foods, but it also allowed us to um, to feed the, the poultry and the ducks uh, with the insects that were attracted to the, the substrate. And then also in turn, we were able to eat and have these amazing mushrooms um, on our dish. So uh, I was going to school for marketing and design at the time. And then Robert was going to school for business management. And we were both seniors and uh, looking to uh, create our senior thesis and came up with the idea to collaborate and um, I started doing the marketing and the graphic work and designing a website and a mock logo and we came up with the name Farming Fungi LLC and um, and then it uh, transitioned into the brand Malsum Valley Mushrooms um, once we ended up locating this barn, um, a dairy barn that hadn't been used in about 50 years, right in uh, Springvale, Maine. And so um, as this started to develop, we approached my father, John, on his 50th birthday, uh, along with his L.L. Bean slippers. He also got a business plan to farming fungi. And, um, and he started doing market research. His background is in um, entrepreneurship and uh, working with startup software companies. And uh, so he started doing some market research and really saw that there was this niche market in the New England area where there was no specialty local mushrooms. It was really just the agaricus strains like the white button and the portobello mushroom, um, which is you know mostly based out of Pennsylvania. So we approached Whole Foods in Hannaford to find out if they would be interested in um, purchasing a product and selling this to their consumer and they were on board with it so we started uh, looking into applications grant applications through USDA for marketing as well as an MTI seed grant uh, to create the grow rooms and then um, once we found the barn again in, in Springvale Maine uh, we started creating the grow rooms and using a proprietary software system that my father John helped design with um, McKenzie Designs Engineering. And uh, from there we started growing a few pounds of mushrooms all the way up to about 3,000 pounds of mushrooms a week at this point. And that's within a five year, five to six year span. Johnny, what is your relationship She's my fiance. 
Okay, well, I, I was going to ask about to the mushrooms, but okay, oh, well, so your relationship to Emily, she's yeah, your fiance, so. but you have a background um, in, not, you have a bachelor in fine arts from the Maine College of Art in woodworking and furniture design, Yep. and you built the structures that hold the mushroom blocks for yeah. the mushrooms. Ever since the mushroom farm started, I've always just been um, there to help out with whatever I can, so which that usually entails building and creating shelving units and um, basically anything made out of wood um, so I've always been there to help out and harvest the mushrooms and gone to lots of food shows with Emma so I've kind of had like a I don't know a little side side employment kind of I don't know what to call it but just being there on the sidelines helping out because she's my lady yep our um, we started out way back in the day foraging for mushrooms. Um, we used to go for trail walks and at that point in time uh, Johnny wasn't so familiar with actually eating mushrooms that have been <laughs> growing in the woods and at one you know thought I was a little bit crazy when I was Definitely. we were I remember this one time specifically we were um, grilling chicken of the woods that we had just foraged off of one of our um, local paths and um, and I was so excited that we had found it together and I we had cooked it up over the fire and I was like oh here try this and Johnny was like no and at that moment I was like wow I'm 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 not sure if this is gonna if this is gonna work <laughs> and and with that he took his first bite of chicken of the woods and we haven't really looked back since yeah I, that's kind of that was a turning point for me I like mushrooms now. That's a good thing, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. It could have been a problem if that hadn't happened. It, I think there was a, a little name calling going on with it. Like, if, if I didn't try the mushroom, I might have been a loser, and that wasn't an option, so. No, nobody likes that. So why did you not like mushrooms? Is it just that when you were growing up, you didn't eat a lot of them? Yeah, or? you know, it's just like, you know, kids are picky with food, and mushrooms just always seemed slippery and slimy and unappetizing, so... I always stayed away from them. I always avoided any food that had mushrooms in it. Like I would, I would pick them out, but at at best, I would just not eat something that had mushrooms in it. Um, and it took eating a really good mushroom that was cooked the right way for me to appreciate it. Um, and now I love mushrooms and I cook them all the time. So yeah. it's just I think it's you know with with art or with food or with anything if you experience it the right way or you know in a good way that looks really good or tastes really good you'll appreciate it yeah so whenever anybody tells me that they don't like mushrooms I have to agree that I don't particularly like button mushrooms or even portobello because um, they're grown you know in dirt <laughs> whereas our mushrooms are grown on um, this wood substrate so it has this really amazing earthy woody texture to it and flavor um, that's just really appetizing and the other um, the other thing is that uh, people say oh it's too slimy or or meaty uh, so what I particularly choose to cook them is by um, allowing tearing them up into smaller pieces and allowing them to crisp up in the dish so um, it's just it's really all about how you cook it and 
I would recommend to the people out there who feel like it might be too slimy for them would be to have them cut in smaller pieces and to cook them longer in the pan until they get nice and crisp. And um, that's a really great way to enjoy them. Yeah. Well, it's funny because as you're talking, I'm thinking about the difference between an heirloom tomato freshly picked off the vine in July and a refrigerated tomato that has come from California on a truck in the middle of winter. And there's a big difference between one and the other. You know, they both have their function. If you want a tomato in the middle of the winter, that's the kind you get. But it shouldn't be that surprising to us that more industrially grown mushrooms are going to have a really different flavor and profile than the ones that you are growing. Yeah, and we try to bring both of those aspects together. So you're able to purchase our mushrooms year round because we do grow them all indoors and you don't have to worry about the bugs, but you get the same uh, feeling and taste and texture as you would if you had just forage it right off of your favorite walking path. Um, But we've ensured that it's the right variety to eat and consume. And, um, and it's at the perfect time to be picked. So it'll, it'll last uh, about five to seven days in your fridge and you'll have it in time to enjoy. That foraging piece is interesting too because there are some mushrooms that are poisonous. So it's not actually as easy as, oh, there's, there's a mushroom growing. I'm gonna go pick it and eat it. You actually have to know what you're doing. Absolutely. So you've taken that guesswork out of it out of the equation for people. Yes, 100%. Um, And I'd say at this point in time, since Johnny is a woodworker and he's um, lived here in Maine his whole life, that um, he's probably a a better forager than I am, but don't tell anyone that. But uh, You just told the whole world. (laughs) At this point, yeah, I think he is. So you didn't like mushrooms, but you were good at finding them. Is that what I understand, Johnny? Yeah, um, I can... I can read the trees and like I, that's how I go through the forest as I I study the way the environment is changing and I can kind of see I guess through the, the forest in a way that a different view than most people have is where I can kind of start to predict which direction I need to go to start looking for these specific types of mushrooms that we might be looking for that time of year. Um, like, you know, just going from birch tree to birch tree looking for chaga or knowing, oh, there's some really big old oak trees over there. Maybe we're going to find hen of the woods or chicken of the woods. Um, and just kind of guiding myself through that way, I think, tends to find a lot of mushrooms. Yeah. Most of the mushrooms we forage grow on trees or in some kind of symbiotic relationship with trees or they're a parasite of a tree. So if you know the trees, you're you're basically identifying the food sources for the mushrooms and finding them that way. Yeah, And then for those who are uh, interested in looking for their own mushrooms, um, I always highly recommend three primary sources for confirmation and starting out with tree mushrooms because tree mushrooms are a lot less likely to be poisonous than ground mushrooms. So looking for oysters would be my my go-to. That's how I first started out oyster mushrooms. So you've mentioned chaga, which um, 
I believe originally was in Siberia or other colder weather um, countries that they were using it for its health benefits. Mm-hmm. And we now know that in Maine, it's we have this amazing source of um, really immune boosting, um, I, I guess I'll just call it food. Is that the way, or a fungus? Is that the way you would refer to it? So chaga uh, is commonly known as a mushroom. It is definitely a fungus. Uh, but the chaga itself that we ingest is a sclerotial mass. And uh, it almost looks like burnt bark on a tree as if somebody's um, lit the tree on fire. Uh, but it's got more uh, antioxidants than even the pomegranate or an acai. So, uh, and it has, it's also been tested to um, have anti-tumor, anti-cancer properties as well. Uh, and you wouldn't, actually eat it because it would be way too woody so you would steep it in tea so just don't go past the boiling point or else you'll kill off the beneficial uh, microflora that's in there Uh, but steep it in tea and add a little honey some maple or birch syrup with it some cinnamon nutmeg and it's a really delicious medicinal drink you also We've talked about the Italian oyster mushrooms. You also offer shiitake and butter oyster and a mix and a forest medley. So are there different health benefits um, to each of those types of mushrooms? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The shiitake mushroom has anti-inflammatory properties to it. Um, Again, they're all protein-based, so they all have that um, slow-release energy, um, which is great to have throughout the day. Um, I like to even uh, add mushrooms. I'll cook the mushrooms up first and then add them to a salad and add an egg on top of that and have that as like my start of the day. And it's just a really great way to have energy throughout um, but you can also have them at night too as a side dish as well. So they're really versatile in that way. How about the different tastes of the oyster mushroom versus the shiitake versus the butter? Yep, so the shiitake mushroom has more of an umami flavor to it. Um, it's one of our most mushroomy tasting ones. Um, So if people are really looking for that potent flavor, I would highly suggest the shiitake. Um, I even like to cook them up nice and crisp again and make like a bacon shiitake. Um, If you're a vegetarian, just use the shiitake themselves with a little bit of olive oil. Um, Or if you are a bacon lover, I highly recommend cooking up some bacon and then and then using the bacon fat to cook your shiitake mushrooms in. And um, I doubt it's gonna make it to your plate before it gets off the pan. Uh, And then Johnny is an amazing chef. What do you think about the flavors? Um, I love them all. I mean, the the shiitake, again, great with any kind of meat. Uh, Their their texture is a little little meatier as well. They're a little more robust. The oysters are great. with anything with chicken, with veggies, stir fries, fried rice, um, the other varieties you grow, the lion's mane are great with seafood. They kind of almost have like a crab meat texture to them. So um, like poached in butter and just lightly sauteed and served with crab cakes or even mixed into crab cakes. 
Um, what else did we make those? Our scallops. We, um, oh, yeah. Johnny made an amazing um, scallop risotto, and we added some lion's mane to that as well, and it was delicious. And then going back to the medicinal point, uh, we call the lion's mane brain mushroom. Not only does it kind of look like a brain in a way when you cut it open, uh, but it actually has great cognitive function and is also being um, used as a treatment for Alzheimer's, um, as well as just for anybody who's looking to think a little bit clearer. <laughs> so I highly suggest lion's mane as well. I was talking to a forager recently, and he mentioned that there's a man on the West Coast who's doing work with mushrooms and soil detoxification. That mm -hmm. mushrooms are very good at kind of, I don't know, soaking up oil spills right. or taking things out of the environment that aren't so good for us. So that being the case, then it seems to make sense that they would just picking, be picking up the good nutrients from the environment um, that, that we could then ingest. Yep. Um, going back to the very beginning, uh, soil remediation was the a big factor for us um, starting with the mushroom as our, our product. Um, it's really important to, um, to Malson Valley Mushrooms to know that we are creating a product that uses um, agricultural waste necessarily. Um, to create a product for for us to enjoy and eat and then also our waste then goes back to other farms and helps remediate their soil uh, because the the mushroom root really is great at sequestering um, water and retaining it and then also releasing it when it is had enough so it's really helpful in that sense it seems like um seems like this is a pretty humble thing that we're talking about These, this fungus that grows on trees and on the ground forest floor and and yet um, it's something that you've decided to your family has decided to build this business around and the two of you both are focusing so much attention on it is this something that you are surprised by would you have thought this would be the direction your lives would take not 10 years ago no I mean um, I was I guess I didn't really know you at the time, but finishing up high school and getting ready to go to Wentworth Institute of Technology to study industrial design, pictured myself um, drawing and designing sports cars and, you know, everything like that. And then gradually got kind of tired of the artificiality of it all and realized how much I missed being back home in Maine and being in nature. Um, and that's when Emma and I kind of met and got together and just kind of both, I think, transitioned our lives back towards that. Um, yeah, I mean, we're both artists in a sense, and um, we both love using mediums that are natural. Um, it just, it makes the most sense to us, I think. Absolutely. Um, and then I started out, um, my college career was in, I started out in pharmacy school. I always knew I wanted to help my community somehow, um, and I was really, I've always been a helpful person. It's kind of what brings joy and happiness to me. And, um, but I realized, soon realized that the pharmacy route wasn't for me, and um, then went into uh, fashion design, realized I loved design, 
um, but that the fashion industry is not sustainable at the moment. And um, so I started diving deeper into what other interests I had and um, everybody needs food. <laughs> it's the foundation of life. Um, so that's kind of what brought us to the mushroom because the mushroom is the foundation of life. It's the beginning and it's the end. It's what keeps the circle going. Um, so I just felt like I couldn't go wrong with the mushroom. <laughs> it, the earth needs it, we need it. And it's, uh, it's a sector that hasn't really, it's a stereotype that I want to help kind of break. Um, there's a, a symbiotic relationship between mushrooms and humans uh, that I want to help bring about and, and make it mainstream because it's beneficial for not only the earth, but it's beneficial for us too. Tell me about Springvale. This is a part of Maine that not many people know about. Right. So, um, so Roberts was living in Sanford at the time, and um, Springvale is the town right over, and uh, it's got it's got the Mousam River running through it, and uh, at, we were there's this beautiful section of farms on Blanchard Road. And we knew starting out that we wanted to be around farms because we were going to be creating this substrate mushroom compost that uh, needed to be moved to farms and we wanted to do it close by. Um, so right off of this beautiful pond um, overlooking the valley, we found this picturesque dairy barn uh, that had last been used as a dance hall and before that um, had been used as as um, as a dairy barn and uh, I've even run into a few people saying oh I used to milk the cows in there and like well yeah now we're harvesting mushrooms in there mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of nice to have that history behind it as well and um, yeah so we're also collaborating with the with the local farms around us. Our operations manager, Aaron Gonsalves, um, has his own uh, produce farm as well as uh, a dairy farm, um, the the White's Dairy Farm that they that that he works with as well. And um, and then we have Annette's Gardens. They uh, grow microgreens and greenhouses. And then you have Rivard's Blueberry Farm and. So it was just, it's a beautiful area and location and the people and the food movement that's going on in Springvale is so strong. Um, we have a farm trail walk coming up in April. And uh, so that's, it's really the community that brought us there. And we're really excited to be a part of it. Johnny, what do you hope to do with, with your art moving forward? Well, um, I own my own business called Winter Hill Design. I, I do custom furniture and woodworking. Um, I grew up woodworking with my dad, so it's always been part of me. And like I said, when I went away to school um, for design, for industrial design, I thought that was what I really wanted to do. But this woodworking and being in Maine has always been a part of me. So um, I hope to just build my business organically and I just can't wait to have my own shop someday and just get to go out there and make whatever I want 
um, hopefully things that people appreciate and want. Um, yeah, I just, I love creating things. I love working with wood. Um, I love nature and mushrooms. And if we can incorporate mushrooms into furniture someday, that would be cool too. That would be a so, really neat collaboration, absolutely. I just picture us having a beautiful homestead with some land and um, just creating things all day, every day. Well, I look forward to uh, digging into these uh, Italian oyster mushrooms that you brought, although it seems a little bit of a shame to like ruin them because they're so pretty, <laughs> but I'll look at them for a little while before I actually... I know, they almost look like a bouquet of flowers, they really. They really do. Yeah. Johnny and I are getting married in September, and I'm trying to figure out how I can incorporate the mushrooms in with the bouquets of flowers. We'll make it work. Um, Yellow Twisted Floral Designs actually used our mushrooms for one of their one of their uh, weddings that they set up. So. Well, who knew that mushrooms had so many different uh, sides to them? <laughs> I've been speaking with Emily Sherud, who is the sales and marketing director at Mousum Valley Mushrooms, and also her fiance, Johnny Dickinson, who is a woodworker and owner of Winter Hill Design. Thank you for coming in and talking with me today. Thank you so much for having us. It's Thank been a pleasure. Dr. Zach Mazzoni, DO, created Dayspring Integrative Wellness in Bath, Maine, with the belief that true health comes from building healthy relationships with your community, with your doctor, and with yourself. As a board-certified family and integrative medicine physician, Dr. Mazzoni and the whole staff at Dayspring are committed to supporting your wellness journey by providing integrative family medical care, osteopathic manipulation, herbal and lifestyle consultations, counseling, and wave therapy. Dayspring offers an innovative membership-based model of healthcare that gives you time together with Dr. Mazzoni to build a personalized wellness plan based on your health goals. Daily access for acute appointments is available, and you can even schedule a secure video conference call in the privacy of your own home. I know Dr. Zach and his family, and I believe strongly in the personalized whole person approach to health that he provides. This is why I am encouraging you to find out more for yourself by visiting dayspringintegrativewellness.com or by calling them directly at 207-751-4775. Dayspring, wellness the way it should be. Love Maine Radio is brought to you by Maine Magazine, Aristel, Portland Art Gallery, Art Collector Maine, grownupgirl.com, and by Dayspring Integrated Wellness. Our editorial producer is Kate Gardner. Our assistant producer is Shelby Wasick. Our community development manager is Casey Lovejoy. And our executive producers are Andrew King and Dr. Lisa Belisle. For more information on our production team, Maine Magazine, or any of the guests featured here today, please visit us at lovemainradio.com.